In your Bibles, if you would, okay, what I, what I want you to do is go to Judges chapter 14 and then put your Bible, your ribbon or something there, and then, uh, and then Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to be flipping back and forth uh, between uh, Judges chapter 14 and Hebrews 11. And um, come on now, everything electronic is messing up today. All right. Judges chapter 14, page 170 in the black Bible there in the chair, and Hebrews chapter 11, page 717. So we're going to be going back and forth between these two. So um, <clears throat> recently I was, uh, we're going to be starting in Hebrews 11, by the way. So uh, you, you, want to, you want to start there. Uh, I was in Hebrews 11 recently, and uh, it, it is one of my favorite chapters of the Bible, I, I've got to admit it, just because, you know, we call it the Hall of Faith. Uh, God has a list of people there that did incredible things, and and uh, uh, just to name a few, uh, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, uh, David, Samuel, and the list goes on and on, and uh, just people that uh, did just amazing things. Well, the other day, well, I shouldn't say the other day, a while ago, a week or two ago, I was reading through uh, Hebrews chapter 11, and I came to verse 32. Let's read Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 32. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets. You'll see here four, well, there's actually six names, but four names that are somewhat unfamiliar to a lot of people. Uh, the first one is uh, Gideon. Uh, Gideon... Uh, is an interesting guy. He um, he he did great things for God, but he struggled with faith, did he not? And my first question, you know, my first question, and I knew Gideon was here, but I, you know, oftentimes I think, why was Gideon in the hall of faith? And then there's a guy named Barak, and uh, Barak was. Uh, definitely lacking in faith. Because if you're familiar with the story of Barak at all, he was afraid to go to, f to battle without Deborah. Deborah was his... Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Okay, Judges uh, chapter 4, verse 8, it says, And Barak said unto her, being Deborah, If thou will not go with me, then I will... I, uh, I, if thou wilt go with me, then I will go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. In other words, I'm chicken. But what? he's in the hall of faith. Interesting. To me, anyway. And then there's a guy named Jephthah. And Jephthah had some baggage. and But, but he is, he is um, identified as a, uh, a mighty man of valor. But very little is known about him. And then we come to a guy named Samson. 
And as many times, and, and I'm just being honest. Oh, i got to stay here. Um, as many times as I've read Hebrews chapter 11, the other day was the first time I realized that Samson was in the Hall of Faith. And my first thought was, you've got to be kidding me. Why is Samson in the Hall of Faith? And and I did. I I I I I thought he doesn't deserve to be there. Is this the same Samson who decided to marry a Philistine instead of an Israelite, a, a heathen, somebody who <clears throat> does not did not know God, to I don't know. It just it blew me away. I, I for the first time I just it it dawned on me that Samson was there. Turn over to Judges, chapter fourteen. <clears throat> Judges chapter fourteen, and Samson went down to Timnath and saw. The, the woman in Timnath, the daughter of the, of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughter of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. Then his father and his mother said unto him. Now, does this guy sound spoiled? I, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, it just comes across that way. I, I'm not saying he was, it just... That's the way it comes across. Uh, is, is there uh, never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren and among all the uh, my people that thou goest uh, to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this day. Uh, thank you for your love and for the work that you do in our lives. And Lord, as we look at this man, Samson, I ask that uh, this morning that you would speak to our hearts and that you would help us, each and every one of us, to be more like you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I ask myself, is this the same man that <clears throat> who had lost a bet with 30 men who went out and killed 30 men and took their clothes to pay the debt. Is this the same guy that's in the hall of faith? Is this the same judge because he was a judge of Israel? He was a, uh, what, what was, what was the one thing that, that Samson was known for? He was a Nazarite, but he was a, he was a judge. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a little while, but, but he, he's the same one in, in chapter 16 where he, he went down to Gaza to, to be with a harlot. This is the same guy who forfeited his blessing as a Nazarite to his Philistine wife who later then betrayed him. On the surface, it would appear 
that he does not deserve to be in the hall of faith but more likely in my estimation at least at the time was that he would be in god's list of the most unfaithful of his servants as as i sat at my desk pondering this and and really trying to wrap my head around it uh, i was smitten smitten smote god god slapped me upside the head how's that better god slapped me upside the head and said and, and I, you know again i don't know I, I didn't hear an audible voice but god spoke to my heart and he said who wrote the book you or me <laughs> i would i give <laughs> okay you you obviously wrote the bible i didn't and it dawned on me that god sees the hearts of men and way too often we focus on the outside but God knows the heart. Where is faith generated in a man? In his heart. So, as I sat there at my desk, I thought, I need to understand why this man, Samson, is in the hall of faith. So I started pulling books off the shelf and I started reading and I got on the internet and I, I, I read different things and I spent hours trying to figure this out. So really this morning, what you're going to get is a regurgitation of, of my search to find out why Samson is in Hebrews chapter 11. The title of my message is A Man of Faith with a Question Mark. Was he a man of faith? One of the things that we see in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32, is despite Samson's failures, Samson was a man of faith. So the very first question that came to my mind was, <clears throat> have I ever blown it? Well, we all know the, the answer to that question. We've all blown it. Now, did, did, did Samson have baggage? Absolutely, he had baggage. But way too often, we, me, we focus on the baggage and all of the things that he did wrong. Because honestly, if I had given each of you a piece of paper when you walked in the door and I started the sermon this way, okay, I want you to write down everything you know about Samson. What would you have written down? Everything negative. How many of you know of one positive thing that Samson ever did? 
Verse 28 of what chapter? Oh, okay. <clears throat> okay, he prayed to God. Okay. Okay. All right. That's one thing. He killed a bunch of he killed a bunch of the enemy, right? Okay. But the majority of what we know of Samson is negative, is it not? So this morning, <clears throat> I do not want to focus on the negative. I want to focus on the positive. Why is he a man of faith? Hebrews chapter 11, go back to Hebrews, let me flip back, Hebrews chapter 11. Now I want, as I read the, these next two verses, I want you to see or I see how many of these things you can identify in the life of Samson. Well, let's go back, well, let, let, let's go back to 32. And what shall I say, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and, and, and of David also and, and Samuel, excuse me, and of the prophets who, now verses 33 and 34 are talking about the people identified in verse 32, who through faith, Subdued kingdoms. Did Samson subdue a kingdom? Absolutely he did. Wrought righteousness. Obtained promise. Stopped the mouths of lions. Quenched the, the violence of fire. Escaped the edge of the sword. Out of the wicked, out of uh, weakness were made strong. Wax valiant in fight, turn to fight the armies of the aliens. How many? I, I see Samson in, in, in many of these. And God says in verse 33, because he's listed in verse 32, that he did these things by what? By faith. An interesting quandary if you would now <clears throat> most people if you there's a there's a movie out recently in the last year or so named, named Samson and some of you maybe have seen it I, I don't know but Samson in the movie is this really big strong strapping guy that deserves to be strong does that make sense uh, I believe, and most theologians that I have read uh, would, would agree with what I'm about to say, uh, that's not what Samson, Samson looked like. If anything, Samson more than likely was a little on the skinny side. And when you looked at him, you would have thought there was nothing special about him at all. Why, why is that so important to know? Because his incredible strength, had he, had he been a big strapping guy, his incredible strength, well, okay, I can get it. But if it comes out of a normal, scrawny little guy that doesn't really impress anybody, it's more impressive, is it not? 
Takeaway number one, God can use anybody. My first point is this. <clears throat> why, why, why is Samson a man of faith? Number one, he let God use him. He let God use him. I, I looked up the phrase, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. That, that phrase is, is in, in uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in the book of Judges, in reference to Samson, it's used three different times. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul admonishes or, or encourages believers today to be filled with the Spirit. And he says, be not drunk with wine or success, but what? Be filled with the Spirit. My question is this. Is being filled with the Spirit a voluntary action? Yes. If it is voluntary for you and I, it would have been voluntary for Samson. And he could have said, I don't want anything to do with it. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon him voluntarily, and he was able to do great things. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 31, it says, Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own ways and be filled with their own devices. Now, the question here is, can you be filled with your own ways, your own devices? Is that a voluntary action? Absolutely. It's a choice. Being filled with the Spirit is a choice. Being filled with your fleshly desires is a choice. And Samson chose to serve the Lord. He allowed himself to be used by God. I don't know if you realize it or not, but God does not force himself on anyone. You will either serve the Lord at your own choice or you will not. It's really that simple. This is not rocket science, okay? You will either serve the Lord because you want to or you will not. Turn back to Judges chapter 16. <clears throat> after Lori mentioned verse 28, after, after the events of, of uh, uh, verse 28 and verse 31, chapter 16, verse 31, it says, Then his brethren, this is, this is when Samson dies, uh, then his brethren and his and his house and the house of his father came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between uh, uh, Zora and uh, Eshtalal in the uh, burying place of uh, Moriah his father and he what judged Israel how long twenty years he judged 20 years and and and, and see we 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 kind of 
don't we because of the way our government is structured we don't we don't really understand what a judge was in the book of judges the word judge here literally means to govern or to to um, to decide controversy so he wasn't he wasn't like a president or a king but he governed the nation of Israel and whenever there was controversy within within people they would come to him and he would then solve the problem or, or make a choice in the problem how many of y'all remember in in uh, in the book of Exodus when when Moses, uh, was uh, judging the people. And, and what, what happened? Moses' father-in-law said, hey, you can't keep doing this. You need help. Well, see, and that, that's kind of, that, that's, it's not exactly, but that's kind of the, the, the role that Samson had was very similar to the role that Moses played. And he ruled for 20 years. Now, one of the things that pastors like to do is we like to pick verses out and and we like to i'm just i'm throwing myself under the bus okay but as long as you don't take it out of context it's okay okay just saying um but we like to take verses and we like to uh, to read verses and i never don't it if you prior to me studying this had you asked me what the attitude of the people was during the book of judges I would have went to, to chapter 17, verse 6. Look at chapter 17, verse 6. And in those days, there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. So I would have said that, I, I would have taken you to chapter 17, verse 6, and said, this encompasses the book of Judges. Well, I would have been absolutely wrong. Because when is this statement made? It is made after Samson judged Israel. So that would tell me that during Samson's judge governing, whatever you want to call it, men were not like that. It was only after Samson's judge, judge or governing or whatever you want to call it. See, Samson had the people's hearts turned toward God. For the most part. Way too often, we concentrate on the outside. We concentrate on what People do wrong. I have a picture for you. <clears throat> Can anybody tell me who this is? No, that is not George Washington. No, not not Napoleon. Good, good, good guess though. Good guess. Huh? No, it's not Trafalgar. No. No, no. Come on now. Amer it's a, it's it, he's an American. Okay. I'll tell you that. Well, actually, actually, he was kind of an American. Benedict Arnold. There you go. All right. I, I, I was hoping that clue would kind of give it away. Okay, this is Benedict Arnold. 
Now, what is Benedict Arnold known for? Eggs. Eggs. Eggs Benedict. Oh, okay. What in the world? Man, there's something wrong with your brain, man. I'm just telling you. <laughs> okay. What what does every normal thinking person think of when they think of Benedict Arnold? He was a traitor. Okay. But did you know that at the age of 14, he ran away from home to join the army to fight in the French and Indian Wars? At the age of 14, his commanding officer said this about him. He fought with distinction and valor. After the French and Indian War, he went back home, a war hero. When the Revolutionary War broke out, he was one of the first to sign up to fight with George Washington. George Washington trusted him with, would have trusted him with his own life, he said. George Washington placed him in charge of the, the fort at West Point, New York. As a commander, he was, he was the base commander. This is what George Washington said about Benedict Arnold. He is the most promising young man in our army. But what happened? Benedict Arnold was passed over for promotion. He wanted to be a general. And he was passed over by the Continental Congress. And he got mad. And he went over to the British. One, one thing. He did one thing wrong. But we still talk about him today as a trainer. We forget the fact that this man was a great war hero. And did many, many great things. But because of one mistake, he died a traitor. How many of you have made one mistake? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did Benedict Arnold make mistakes? Absolutely, he did. Did Samson make mistakes? Absolutely, he did. And I, needless to say, you and I have made mistakes. Number one, he let God use him. Number two, and I found I didn't I did not know this until I did the research. He was willing to stand alone. He was willing to stand alone. Now, if you go back, and for time's sake, we're not going to do it. Uh, but if you read the entire chapter. Uh, chapter 15 of Judges. In fact, you can go back to the book of Judges um, and we'll be in uh, chapter 15 here in a moment. The Philistines kill, kill Samson's wife 
and he takes out his revenge. And after he takes out his revenge, he, he goes and hides himself in a cave. And uh, we're going to pick up reading here in, in verse 9. And the Philistines went up and pitched in Judah and spread themselves in Lehi. And the men of Judah said, Why are, are you come up against us? And they answered in, uh, uh, to bind Samson and to come up uh, to do uh, to him as he hath done to us. Then 3,000 men of Judah went to the top of the rock of Edom and said to Samson, Knowest that, that thou... Uh, 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 knowest thou not the Philistines are rulers over us? What is this that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so I did unto them. And they said unto him, We are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee in the hand of the Philistines. So Samson said unto them, Swear unto me that ye will not fall <coughs> upon me uh, yourselves. And they said unto him, saying, No, but we will bind thee fast and deliver thee into their hands. But surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two uh, new cords and brought him up from the rock. And when, they <coughs> when he had come to Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And the cords uh, that were uh, upon his arms uh, became a flax uh, was, that was burned with fire and, the, and brands loosed from off his hands. And he found a new uh, jawbone of an ass and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith. Now, it's interesting to me that I, I had never noticed this before, but who came after him? His own people. His own people came after him. And as I sat there, I thought, man, oh man, I can't believe this. His own people turned their backs on him. There's an unfortunate truth that's to, to be learned here, and that is this. Unfortunately, the very people that we think that oftentimes we think will have our backs are the ones that will stab us in the back. Just as Samson was rejected by his own people, Jesus Christ was rejected by his own people. In John chapter 1, verse 11, he came, he came unto his own people, and his, and his own received him not. They, the, the, the people came and they, the, the, to Samson, and they, and they said, you know, we're gonna, we're, we want to bind you and turn you over to the Philistines. And Samson says, okay, are you going to bind me, or are you going to try and kill me? And he says, no, we're not going to try and kill you. We just want to bind you and turn you over. And Samson says, okay, fine. Puts his hands behind his back. I don't know what he does. And they bind him with new cords. And they turn him over. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I just cannot help but wonder. That had to break his heart. How many times have you been 
turned over, if you would, by a friend. Some of you trust him. Did Samson let... Okay, another question. Did Samson have to let the Israelites do that to him? No. No. He could have have handled them very easily. But he showed restraint. And he allowed them to deliver him. And in verses 14 and 15, we see that the Spirit of the Lord came came upon him. And and we, we see the greatest single exploit of war in all of God's word by a single person. Now, I, I, and, 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 and the reality of this just kind of sunk in, and, and, I, and I started thinking about a lot of them in Hebrews chapter 11, great men and, men and women of the Bible who, who had done great things. And I started thinking about it, and I, and I thought, you know what? None of them did it alone. David did great things, but he had an armies. Elijah and Elisha and Samuel and, and Gideon and, and, and Deborah and, and, and all of these people, they always had someone else to encourage them, someone else to stand by them, to push them. But Samson stood alone. The only people, companions that he had in his life were enemies. Samson stood alone. Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13 says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned whatever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to to be abased and how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul here is reminding us that even though Paul had companions all along the way, we can do all things through Christ. Number one, he let God use him. Number two, he was willing to stand alone. And then number three, he was willing to give his all. He was willing to give his all. After Delilah figured out the, 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 the real secret of his strength, she cut off his hair and the Philistines put his eyes out. Look, turn over to uh, chapter 17, I I believe it is. No, 16, excuse me. Chapter 16, verse 25. And it came to pass when their hearts were merry. This is talking about the Philistines. That they uh, said, call for Samson that he may come uh, 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 that, that, that he that he may uh, make a sport, and they called for Samson out of the prison house and made uh, uh, made them sport, and they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may uh, feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth. 
that I may lean upon them. So here's the picture. Samson comes and and they're making fun of him and making jokes and saying probably just horrible things, not only about him, but his God. Now the house was full of men and women and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And there was upon the roof about 3,000 men and women. And behold, while Samson uh, made sport, and Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be uh, at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne up of the one with the right hand and the other with the left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed his head with all his, all his might. And the house fell on the lords and upon the people that were there therein. So the dead, which was slew, which he slew at his death, was more than they which he had slew in his life. Then his brethren and all the house of his father came down and took him and brought him up and buried him. And then at the very end it says, and he judged Israel 20 years. Samson was willing to give his all. As I thought, my my very first thought of Samson giving his all was what does God require of me? My all. God does not want part of my heart. He does not want most of my heart. He wants all of my heart. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 20, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net in the sea, for, their, uh, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And straightway they let down their nets and followed. The word followed there means to, literally means to drop everything. Don't, don't follow me holding on to the net. Don't, don't bring anything. If you're going to follow me, drop everything and come. That's what Jesus told them. And what did they do? They dropped everything. And they went. But pastor, you, 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 you don't, I, I can't do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. See, Samson was a man of like passions just like you and I. We know that because of his exploits in Scripture. He made some really, really poor choices. But he's in Hebrews chapter 11. 
shortly after Jesus challenges Simon Peter and Andrew in Matthew chapter 11, in verse 28 to 30, it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus' plea here in chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, is not saying that if you follow me, your life will be uneventful and happy. He uses two key words here. He uses the word yoke, which has the idea of work. And then he uses the word of burden. But he says, my burden is light. Question. How much of your heart does God want? All of it. Samson gave it all. And this is where my wife's comment comes into play. You say, wait a minute, Pastor, this is Thanksgiving in a couple days. And, and typically, you know, uh, you, you can go to just about any church this morning and, 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 and they're, they're, they're preaching and pastors preaching a message on being thankful and, 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 and so on and so forth. And, and, and you may be sitting there thinking, why in the world are you preaching on Samson? Because that, that, that's what my wife was thinking. Aren't you, aren't you supposed to preach a message on Thanksgiving? And the reality is, I just did. We have much to be thankful for. We have a God who put Samson in the hall of faith. Because he was a man of faith. And I am so very thankful today that God knows my heart. He knows what I do. There, there's no question. He knows the stupid things that I say. He knows the, the, all of the, the ins and outs of all of my thoughts and, and all of that stuff. But if I will get but give him my heart, he can use me. And he can use you. I don't know about you, but I am very thankful that I use a God, or, or excuse me, I serve a God that could use a guy like Samson. Because if he could use Samson, he can use me. I want to challenge you with a little thinking here. What are you thankful for this morning? Are you thankful that you're alive, that you're breathing, that you, you had a car that brought you here for the most part? Don't lose sight of the things that we need to be thankful for. And I, as I sat at my desk and I, I did all this study and I, and I, 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 just, I found all this, this stuff about Samson, I, my heart was so full of thankfulness that God knows my heart. And he knows your heart. He knows what you're thinking. 
But more importantly than that, He wants to use you. We need to be thankful for that. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father,